Hello, welcome to the Weight Endurance Podcast, formerly known as the Session 6 Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Waite, sitting across the table from my lovely co-host, Kathy Waite. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome back. Our, pro- our podcast, our weekly podcast, is brought to you by our 2020 Base Builder Program, our 15th annual version of this, which is yeah, it's really cool. super cool, 15 years of doing this, taking you through our annual off-season base training thought processes and training progressions to make you a fitter and faster rider by spring. And spring is on the horizon. Yeah, it feels like it today. Yeah, I mean, we still have a fair bit of snow on the ground. But the sun is shining, the temperatures feel yeah. more pleasant, and um, you're going to go take a pretty good-sized bike ride after this podcast. Yeah, hopefully um, get two days yeah. in a row and riding. tomorrow I think I'll actually venture outside for the first time in... Ooh, five or six weeks. Yeah, it's been a while. It's <laughs> been know. so chilly. and Yeah, yeah you, I'm kind of a baby about that. Well, you do really well with the structured trainer workout, so mm-hmm. that if it's a little chilly or sloppy hitting yeah, the trainer it's, it's, on Saturday. I'm just as happy to go inside and crank out a really efficient two hours and then go on, go on with my day. Yeah. Instead of, like, taking an hour to bundle up and right. all that jazz. That is a big time suck. Yeah. Here, here where it's in the colder climates where you have to, like, bundle up and... It's yeah, kind of yeah, can be a hassle. Um, yeah, but tomorrow I think I'll go outside and ride some some hills. I'm, very good. I'm, that'll be good. Yeah, yeah. So we are into episode number twenty nine. Um, this week's topic, because we are nearing the end of our base builder program, we have one more week to go. In fact, um, we want to talk about the race prep phase, mm-hmm. the the yeah. phase that essentially follows base builder. So um, in the common nomenclature of endurance training bike training it's like people understand base training and then they build is the popular term Mm -hmm. and then into like a peak or race well the that build phase and peak and race is what we call our race prep phase so it's basically taking general fitness training and preparation that comes from base building and then taking that new high level fitness and getting specific to your event Mm -hmm. Um, so race prep is very event specific in terms of how you program things, how you pick a training plan, or how you just organize your whole weekly and monthly schedules. Right, right. So we'll talk a, a fair share about that. Um, and then before we do that, we'll talk about the last week of Base Builder, um, which is this week coming up. Um, how we sort of wrap that up and then kind of insert a little recovery week, which most people are in need of. I know I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, we have a trip to Florida. Disney World. Disney World, yeah. My mom's spoiling us with a... Well, four day, four five day total, I guess, with travel days. Yep, trip. It to... is a bit of a, a journey to get there, but I'm really looking forward to the warmer temps and a little humidity in the air. Yeah, some it... curls in my hair. Right. <laughs> yes, our both our hair gets a lot better in the <laughs> humid environments. We'll have to move to Hawaii eventually. So, um, yeah, and I'm just looking forward to three or four days of doing nothing. So, um, my my personal goal is to pile it on the next week because we essentially have a week from today now that we're recording this to when we leave so yeah i guess we do i want to put a huge ton of training stress as much as i can with work and weather and everything and and then i'll feel like i've earned that four day break <laughs> yeah that's how you always do it yeah that works for me too um okay so we wanted to sorry a little distracted there but i was thinking of, i was thinking about florida and some um like, it's good memories for me, too, because I went to college there. So I'm just, like, looking right. forward to all of it. Yeah. Um, anyway, so we, we always start with, like, what we've been up to. Um, so the number one thing we wanted to just start with is 
uh, our donation month, we're the Share the Love Month, as we're calling it. Yes. So uh, we have a WE development team. Uh, most people who are listening um, faithfully know that we have a youth development team. We have 11, 11 young writers. Mostly they're from the um, Denver. Front, yeah, Denver Front Range area. We do have one kid that's, that hails from Laramie, Wyoming, and he's a really cool kid up there. We couldn't pass him up. Um, and as most people know, mountain bike racing or just cycling in general is a very expensive sport, and it puts a lot of burden on these families um, to get, get the kids trained and um, equipped and to races. So yeah. we are a 501c3 um, organization, the, the We Devo team is, and any donations are tax deductible. We've had some really generous gifts already, but like everything counts, like at $25, $50, um, everything adds up and will go towards the the yeah. race, and, the race and, season for the kids. And this month of February, we're rewarding donors with um, some fun little swag in the yeah. form of stickers and T-shirts and water bottles, hoodies, things like that. So you got about a week or so to go here to put your donation in, and then Kathy reaches out to you via email to get your sizes on things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll get those things ordered and shipped out probably like mid to late March ish. Yeah, depending uh, on when they come in. When the shirts and things arrive. So, so yeah, <clears throat> please do uh, consider donating and do that before the end of February so you can get get the t shirt, get on the t shirt order and the hoodie order and those things and um, represent the WE development team and help support yeah. them, which is everyone appreciates it. So, yeah, so thanks in advance. Yep, and there'll be a link in the show notes to um, the web page with the um, donation link to PayPal. Uh, and then you can make your donation. Well, what else have you been up to, Cody? Wait. Me, I've just been working and training. I mean, yeah. nothing out of the ordinary. Following our base builder program into anaerobic power uh, workouts, which ironically are my favorite workouts, even though it's sort of the my weak point. Um, I'm not a particularly powerful rider on, in terms of the top end. So, um, but I just love these workouts that. Yeah, let's talk about the workouts this week that we we got to do. I, mean, I certainly have some thoughts about it. It was quite a shock to my system. Oh my gosh, because I, you've been able to get these high end efforts um, already out there. Like every Saturday morning when you go to this group ride with the the big group. Yeah, there's field. some sharp, short, sharp. Yeah, you guys are attacking within the ride. I haven't done this at all. It was a total shock to my system. Right, right. You've been progressing very linear, linearly. Yeah, through with like the program. low intensity to high intensity, and then it went from like high intensity to really high intensity with these yeah, and power I, intervals. I, I, funny enough, I wasn't stressed about doing these workouts this week like I had been stressed about in advance thinking about the VO2 max intervals that we did the last, the previous oh, really? two weeks. See, those oh, yeah. are the ones that stress me out. No, like I, I, I was like so anxious about the VO2 max ones, and then I made it through. Um, well, I actually had to skip a couple of the workouts because I had a migraine and it was weird. Um, Oh, it, actually, one thought about that, though, kind of jumping around here, but when I missed that one VO2 max um, interval workout the previous week, I did put it together that it was probably this weird, gross feeling I had that day was probably r- residual effects from the dry needling session mm. I'd had the day before. Okay. So starting to put that together, like, okay, I didn't, it wasn't necessarily based on poor sleep, which is sometimes a problem for me, but it was like the strange... Um, side effect yeah um from dry needling so if anyone <clears throat> excuse me my my throat so if anyone else out there like 
regularly has dry needle dry needle sessions, while they can be amazing and like my body responds so well to them, I am putting it together that I actually feel pretty poorly the next day. Yeah. And I need to schedule my PT sessions a little bit differently, I think. Oh, I think that makes perfect sense. I mean, it's fairly well known in the cycling world that uh, get doing physical work like uh, getting a massage, mm-hmm. um, you don't do that the day before a race. You right. do it like two or three days before the race because they say, you know, doing a massage or I would think dry needling would be very similar in the sense that it releases these, quote, toxins in the body and often you just don't feel that great in the following 12 to 24 hours. So it makes perfect sense to yeah, me. Yeah, I, I guess I knew that on some level, but I sort of forgot because it was such a regular thing for me to go get a, a weekly dry needling session. Yeah. And it was really obvious last week that I couldn't do the session and I felt crappy. And anyway, I'll just be more careful about how I, yeah, it's how thinking I schedule the right. sessions. Yeah, plan your dry needling for the day before a recovery day. Right. Or maybe a slow endurance day. Not, right, where it doesn't matter as much. Yeah. I mean, I would lean towards like, even if it's like a big workout and then you know the next day is a recovery day, get the ses- the needling session or the massage or whatever later later, that day day, yeah so then you have the recovery day to recover from not only the workout but (laughs) body work (laughs) oh gosh i thought i was getting sick again and like freaked out but then i put it together oh that was just the the aftermath of the dry needling so i'll keep that in mind Um, anyway back to the this week's sessions like i didn't even go into the the gym like feeling nervous about these workouts because i have i had good memories of doing the workouts last year i'm like oh i really like these these are fun it's like fun to feel competitive and yeah, aggressive kind and, of race-like feeling but it was a shock to my system and i did not do so well on tuesday i almost threw up once mm-hmm. i had to skip <laughs> you didn't like, look so good <laughs> i didn't look so good i had to skip a couple because i wasn't like mentally prepared to hurt that much after almost having thrown up yeah so anyway, Thursday I did so much better yesterday because I I feel like I paced it better. I was a little bit more like mentally prepared for it. Yeah, yeah. Well, co- coaching all of the classes on Tuesday, the bike classes on Tuesday, you weren't the only one that no, felt that. I wasn't. There were mul- not multiple, but a few people in each class, yeah. each se- session that had similar struggles. They were either on the verge of throwing up because <laughs> they weren't like prepared for this effort, or in some cases. Some first-timers new to, like, the ERG training oh, right. weren't ready for, like, how quickly the trainer, like, tightens up. And mm. when you go from 20% into immediately into 190% of FTP for 15 seconds, it's, like, a huge tightening of the load. And it is. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it was just interesting to see the pe- some people struggling, and then they'd figure it out pretty right. quickly how to... Well, that makes sense, because even though I have quite a bit of experience with ERG mode, because we primarily did all of the interval sessions last year and the mm-hmm. year before in erg mode i think that was part of my problem on tuesday we had not done erg mode much and like i remember on one one fifteen second interval i had closed my eyes to sort of recover during that 45 second period mm-hmm. and i spaced out and all of a sudden it tightened up and i and i had my eyes closed and oh, i didn't know oh shit you're like, host yeah i was host <laughs> and it was like i was like oh like pedaling through like this mud, this oatmeal, and I and just said, to forget stop. it. Yeah. I had to jump off the trainer and literally pull the plug to reset the machine. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, these intervals, anaerobic power intervals, are extremely race-like in the sense that they go from, you know, moderate effort to extremely hard, sharp efforts for relatively short periods mm-hmm. of time. And if you're not, like, ready for it, it's like, 
akin to coming to a stop at a stoplight in your big gear, you know, coming down a downhill <laughs> right, yeah. and you stop and then the light turns green and you're like, okay, let's go. And then you're like, like uh, wrong gear. <laughs> wrong gear. Yeah. Um, similar kind of thing. So you well, definitely I, have to be like focused on what you're doing. Well, it's sort of like a race then because yeah. you, you never know when someone's going to attack. And if you literally space out for a second in mm-hmm. a race, like thinking about whatever, yeah, you look up and she's gone, he's yeah. gone and you're... Yeah, you snooze, you lose. So. Yeah, or if you're riding down the trail on a mountain bike and you're going fine and then you're not paying attention and there's like a really steep uphill, oh, yeah. you know, you're little rock or something, gear. and you're in the wrong gear, yeah, and you're just like, you can't really <laughs> do it. So pay attention, people. Yeah, so if you're doing the workouts along with us and you uh, were using erg mode and it was the, the first time you'd used erg mode, you also will have noticed there was a learning curve there and hopefully the next session and the next session you'll you'll get better at it yeah. there is like a, some tricks to it yeah exactly so yeah what did you think about the workouts this week uh i loved them i mean i did i killed it on tuesday mm-hmm. um it almost felt like slightly too easy honestly um so then thursday i bumped up my ftp numbers in the in the software just to give me a little bit more resistance, and then it was appropriately difficult, um, which is to be expected because last time we tested was about two months ago, right before the holiday break. So it's perfectly expected that I would have gained some fitness and improved mm-hmm. my numbers. Um, so yeah, I bumped it up, and then we, it was appropriately challenging, and it was good on Thursday too. Good. Good. I know you bumped up some of the um, We Devo kids' numbers. For the same reason. And you fitness. bumped down uh, yeah. like Nate's numbers because he had missed some sessions. Yeah, and... Nate's. And if Toby were, was, he missed some workouts this week. But if he were to have come, I would have bumped his down too. Yeah. Because Nate had some, uh, a little injury he was overcoming and didn't get to train exactly as prescribed. So he might not have made the same gains. Plus, to Nate's benefit is or credit, is he destroyed the tests before a holiday break. Mm, yeah, he and did. had, like, set some amazing PRs. So that's always fun and great, and you get these really cool high numbers to show off, but then you have to train <laughs> to those high <laughs> numbers. So that's not always great in the end. Um, but, yeah, so we, we I mistakenly didn't lower his numbers in the system at the gym, mm. and so he really struggled on Tuesday because it was just too much. Yeah. Um, and, um, I'll give him kudos for hanging in though. there yeah. because I like, walked in. I thought he was going to die. <laughs> I thought he was going to die too. I walked in from the back room where I was coaching CrossFit and I saw his face at the end of the workout and it was like that funny mixture of like pale and red. And I was like, oh, Nate, right. um, are you okay? <laughs> uh, and I said, I don't think you should drive home yet. Like here, eat, eat these gummy bears and yeah. just hang out here for a second. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So kudos to him for sticking... Sticking yeah, he's it out. Super tough kid. He took a couple breaks when needed appropriately well, like to get did. through. Yeah, and did it. And but to his credit, I mean, when he tested two months ago, he was among the highest on the whole team in terms of his yeah. power output. So he had a lot to kind of back up. So, um, so it was tough. But we adjusted it appropriately, put him back down on par with most of the other riders on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't actually like he was going way back. He was just coming down a little. More to what yeah, sometimes it's was. just like an adjustment of like two or three percent where you can succeed in the workout versus yeah. feeling like a like I'm not gonna make it. Yeah, and that's one of the sort of tricky parts about erg mode and one of the things I you can kinda argue pro and con on it, I guess, but I don't always care for it because if you can't quite do it and then you can't get the workout in because you 
just can't do it. It's a little it's, mentally tough. It's and, mentally and, and physically, physically tough. Physically too tough, yeah. Yeah, I almost felt that way on Tuesday. Like, Thursday morning as we drove to the gym, I was saying, ah, Cody, I don't know if I can do the workout today because I had, was tired. I, I had played pickleball for a few hours the day before, and we debated whether or not we should turn my FTP down in the system. Mm-hmm. But you're like, just go for it. But I wasn't sure I could do it. Yeah. Um, thankfully, I, I felt better than I expected and um, just tried to stay in the moment. And one of the tips I meant to give last podcast, which I'll just throw out there, is just like for me, um, knowing I have to do five intervals of this effort and then five more of the next effort and five more of this other effort, like I, I can get really overwhelmed if I think about the big picture. Mm-hmm. And um, I just have to stay in the moment and think about that one interval I'm in. Yeah. So that's like my probably my favorite tip to give people. Like, don't think about the next three, ten intervals. Be in the moment. Only worry about that interval you're in. Okay. Yeah. And that that really did make a big difference. It's like just chunking or segmenting the whole workout into the individual intervals. Yeah, I mean, just get through that one and then philosophically worry about the next be one. in the moment. But it makes a big difference because it could, if it hurts so badly for that thirty seconds, and then you have that thought, "Oh crap, how am I going to do five more of these?" Mm-hmm. You can just fall apart. Mm-hmm. So don't think about that. Just think about I, you know, well, look, I'm in this thirty second interval. I'll do the best I can. Mm-hmm. And when I get when I get done with that hard interval, I actually give myself a little encouragement inside my head, like, "You're amazing. Good job. Good job. You're so strong." And as cheesy as it sounds, it actually makes a really big difference for me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I could believe it. I can believe it. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that was my my take on this week's workouts. Okay. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about my hamstring injury and okay. the work I'm doing with the physical therapist. Yeah, because you kind of made a little breakthrough. Yeah, I feel like I did. Um, Share it with us. Okay, so as most people know already, I have a, a fused lower spine, a, a L4 down to S1. So it's a three-level fusion. I have two f- synthetic discs. I have five screws and two two plates. So it's a lot, it's a lot, a lot going on. It's a lot going on in that low back of mine. Um, thankfully I, I can do almost everything I want to do, but there are challenges I have as like a result of the, the surgery. And, um, one of them has been this recurring hamstring issue. Um, five, six years ago, I strained it running when we were training for triathlons. And mm-hmm. once you've strained like a high hamstring, oh, they take a long time. It, it just can flare back up yeah. again. Like we pesky. Yeah, they're pesky. They're yeah. very, very pesky. And I I tweaked it playing pickleball a couple months ago, and it just oh, set me back a little bit. Like, I was able to still do the workouts, but a couple weeks ago, I just started getting frustrated. Like, I, is, it, is this always going to be, like, bothering me? Right. And I realized I needed to go have a, like, schedule a longer session with the PTs instead of just, like, that quick the quick, what they right. call a dry needling and session. And to be fair, to fill our listeners in, you do a lot of body work. Like, yeah. pretty much you name it, you've done it. Like, massage and mm-hmm. dry needle, acupuncture. What? I mean, the <laughs> list goes on and yeah, on. The list goes on and on. <laughs> and I do just have this belief that if something is bothering you, you don't wait. You just go get help. And right. that's why there are people who do that work. Like, they are good at what they do, and you yeah. should take advantage of it. And I'd rather spend my money on body work than new clothes or a fancy right, right. car. Yeah. So that, and that's... why not accelerate the healing process if you can? 
by getting the body work. Cause yeah, instead of waiting two weeks. To see if your body feels better. Yeah. <laughs> Which, it'll, yeah, it'll eventually get there, but why not help yourself? <laughs> so I decided to schedule, like, what I, like, their normal length appointment so I could actually have more time to talk with Justin Dudley about, like, this damn hamstring. Okay. Like, and it was great. So we, um, we just sort of revisited, like, the, the best therapeutic um, rehab protocol that, that he follows. Okay, and for the, that kind of injury Yeah, I think issue. he thought I was still doing it because months ago, one of the other PTs there, David, had prescribed this plyometric work and this eccentric work. And I s- sort of stopped doing it. Like, mm. I was feeling better, and we were doing our own strength mm-hmm. sessions, which it does include posterior chain work. It does include some jumping. Right. So I thought I was doing everything I was supposed to do. But there's more to these, like, super specific movements. There is. Yeah. And so it was just so great to talk with him and get back on track with just, it's basically 10 minutes of stuff I have to do. Like these right. single leg hamstring ball curls, which just about kill me. Right. And, um. Yeah, and I can see how you, like, we have the double leg hamstring ball curl. So you're thinking, like, oh, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm doing, doing that. Yeah. But this, these are, like, more specific to what you need. They're more specific. Yeah. They're more progressive. Uh, they're more advanced, and I was not doing them because they were, quote, too hard. Right. Well, there, just to interrupt, is a key thing. Like, when people find things that are too hard, then they, like, avoid say them. they don't like them mm-hmm. and avoid them, when really we should be, like, embracing the things that are hard. And I'm right. guilty of that, too. And it's just a human nature, I think. Right. You so. want to be successful. Right. At what you do, or like, oh, this is almost as good. And it was. But I wasn't like taking that healing to the next level. I was just sort of staying status quo. And what was happening then is I was straining like my IT band and mm. all these other parts around my knee because my hamstring isn't firing properly. Okay. And so anyway, Justin reset me like, no, do do these two slow eccentric core movements. And then I have two specific jumping movements I'm supposed to do. And one is a squat jump and not just a slow squat jump like I was doing, but like from a 90 degree angle, I start, explode into a jump, and then instead of lowering slowly back to that squat, that 90 degree position, Mm -hmm. trying to um, drop my butt as quickly as possible and then like abruptly abruptly catching myself in that 90 degree position. It's like a double leg squat? A double leg squat, squat. not a split squat, a double leg squat jump where your start and your finish are really like aggressive. Okay. Instead of like exploding up into the jump, which people do, mm-hmm. but then slow, like slowly lowering yourself back into that start position. Yeah. It's really easy. It's like that's what feels normal or right, right to do right. is slowly lowering your butt back <laughs> well, down. Well, that's the lazy way to do it, honestly. Okay. Yeah. I guess so. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's really tiring. Like you better have like a tank top on, not a long sleeve shirt, because right. you'll be like. I was sweating my armpits out at the yeah. PT movement, at the um, session with Justin. Um, it was just really hard. So I did two sets of 10 of those, then rested. And then I was doing sp- like a jumping lunge. Yeah, the split But as the split, st- a split squat jump. But instead of alternating my legs back and forth from the jump, I would stay on one side. Oh, okay. I saw you doing those this week. Yeah, I put a little, a little story video. on your Instagram, yeah. right? Yeah. Was it on your feet or your story? Uh, it was or? on my story. story. I'll, I'll okay. put another one up. And yeah, follow, I'm probably give, still not doing it right, but I'm working on it. Yeah, give, give Kathy a, a follow on her Instagram 
um, what is it, Kathy Tank Wait? Yeah, Kat my maiden name is Tank, T-A-N-K, which is the coolest last name. Right. So Kathy Tank Wait is is my Instagram handle. Yeah, because you'll post up some stories of this, these movements. <clears throat> yeah, they're pretty. They're pretty cool. And so like the split squat jump or like the lunge jump is um, was again not like a slow deal. It was start with your knee hovering off the ground. Don't touch the the ground with your knee. Mm-hmm. Jump up and then try to land right back where you started an inch an inch from Before your knee. The yeah. yeah, don't smack, smack your knee in the ground. And that was so hard for me. And I'd like fall over a couple times. And Justin would have to remind me to like really engage my core. Yeah, and not just think about my legs. I needed to engage my midline. So, yeah. uh, the, the, I saw you doing it. I was like, I'm glad I don't have to do. No, that. we will that be doing hard. that in class, by the way. <laughs> and I I showed I actually made my CrossFit classes do it, and they about died. And <laughs> we will be doing that coming up with at least the We Devo kids. Yeah, it, well, it looks like such a great stability movement, if nothing else, plus all the other things. It is, and the good news is, is that I already just have having done three sessions of that ten minute workout. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I see a change. My hamstring feels better. Mm. Uh, after the bike workouts that have been really aggressive, yeah. like really hard, high power, high yeah. power output, high torque on your limbs, yep. my my knee is not bothering me. That's great. I'm so excited about it. I would have it. probably expected it to bother you. Yeah. And you're right. You haven't mentioned it. So. I'm super excited about it. So yeah, thank you, good. Justin, at Cascade Sports. I cannot give them enough plugs. They're in Lakewood. They're yeah. so fantastic. Yeah, if you live in the area, they're literally right next door to Session 6, or what was Session 6, uh, Cascade Sports PT. And Justin mm-hmm. Dudley's the owner and kind of head guy, I guess you'd say, head yeah, PT. Yeah, but, but they're all good. How many other? They have three other PTs? Four, I Four think. Four others? Yeah. Yeah, they're all good. I've seen a couple um, for just uh, random little things, but you've seen them all multiple times. I've seen them all multiple <laughs> times. And actually, I sent Sophia the, over there on Wednesday to meet with Justin, not to do exercises. She doesn't have an injury. But she's super tight, like her hips, her back, her, everything was just aching and hurting. Through a lot of, yeah, we've been doing a lot of training. A lot of sense. training, and she had neglected stretching for a while. She had resumed stretching the last couple of weeks, but she just couldn't, quote, loosen up. And yeah. she needed what I call a reset. So I sent her over there for a 45-minute session with Justin where he stretched her, he cracked her back, he needled her hamstring that was bothering her, and yeah, just like reset her. Yeah, I think that's super key. I mean, anytime you're in a hard training block, like consider spending a little extra time and money taking care of yourself. Yeah, getting it goes a reset. A long way. Yeah, I mean, if you wear yourself down too much or tweak something and get a little injury or whatever, yes, I mean, your body will come around nine times out of ten or more often than that, but... Why not accelerate that process? Why not work through soreness or you know injuries a little more quickly? Weaknesses. Weaknesses so you can stay consistent with training. Because that's honestly the number one guideline any coach worth a sack of beans will tell you is consistency is king. Like day to day, week to week, month to month, right. it all compounds. So if you get sick or you get injured or you're just overly tight or fatigued and kind of just think like oh rest and my body will recover that may be true but it may take two weeks or in some cases of injuries it can be many weeks well in my case i i was able to complete the workouts but i could just feel it compounding where yeah like, oh, that where eventually something would have that, that spot snapped. like right or, figuratively yeah or the top or <laughs> bottom of my knee was just like getting so tight and it, yeah. was, it was overcompensating for my hamstring not firing properly right, right. so well, that's good. I'm, I'm just really kind of excited. I, I sound excited because I am excited about yeah, it. Yeah, I'm happy for you. Um, yeah, all that. And 
we'll get off our soapbox, but basically <laughs> take care of your body. Take care of your body. Don't be cheap. As I always say, oh go God. see a PT. I don't care who you go see, a massage therapist, PT, chiropractor, acupuncture, whatever. Just yeah. be proactive and take care of your body. It, it It's well worth the money. So, um, yeah. Cool. That, you got anything that's else? That's my stuff. Nope, okay. that's it. Well, let's touch on um, the upcoming last week of Base Builder, week yep. number 27. Um, so those of you listening that are on in our in-house program here in Lakewood um, or following along at home on our remote base builder program, we're going into the last week here. We've been hitting this pretty solidly for the last uh, five and a half plus months. Yeah. So your base is finally built, basically. So um, this last week, um, we are doing one last anaerobic power session on on the bike on the trainer if you're doing these in the trainer or outside uh the the workout will culminate with a very challenging six repetitions of these anaerobic power intervals and we talked all about them in our last episode number uh, 28 so go back if you don't know exactly what we're talking about listen to that you'll get a good idea and um so it's just culminating in the last big session of that um I, like I said, I like these workouts. Yeah, I, think I, I do too. like them too. And I really like them outside, which we'll get to like in April, right, I think. Right, right. So inside we do these really high power intervals of 15 to 60 seconds, depending on which <laughs> block we're in. And the recovery is limited. That's why we like to use erg mode for this particular block to half of the workload. So the recoveries are very much a partial recovery. It's not like lighten up, sit there, and soft pedal. It's like... You have to keep pedaling moderately hard. Yeah, it's very race, uh, very race like. Race like, yeah. Yeah, if you pass somebody, you can't just like, you didn't win just because you passed them in the race. You have to keep pedaling really right. hard. Right, right, <laughs> and um, and yeah. So there's ways to do these outside as well. I, I I'll do them. Uh, we have a really long, pretty steady climb up Highway 40 on the south side of Lookout Mountain that parallels yep. I-70, and I think that's a great place to do it because you can do the hard short intensity effort and then shift a couple gears down settle into that partial recovery power target like uncomfortable but not miserable yeah so yeah. you go from like 500 watts for 15 seconds and then i drop down to 250 watts for 45 seconds and being on a long steady grade like that i can still do that which would be on a flat road would be actually extremely difficult to keep the power true up. Um, so doing them on a hill is great and then other versions we've done outside with full recoveries is more like a hill repeat where we'll hit it hard for the 30 seconds at 160% of FTP power target and then we'll turn around and coast down and get more of a full recovery. Yeah. And we'll do those later on in the summer months. But um, but yeah, so one more of those um, early in the week. And then the second bike session to kind of wrap it all up is going to be a one more test. Um, aerobic, 20-minute aerobic threshold test, uh, followed by a four-minute and a one-minute anaerobic power test. Lots of recovery in between. And I believe it's episode podcast episode number 12 where we talked about our testing protocol. I'm 99% sure that's right. Um, so if you're not familiar with our testing, you can go back and listen to that episode and learn all about it. But those in the program will yeah. be Do you have a testing. blog post up about the, the I do, yeah. In our the blog section of our website, there's a little write up. Well, maybe we'll also like highlight that in an upcoming newsletter too. Okay, yeah, that's not a bad idea. Because not everyone likes to listen to podcasts. Some people True. just want to 
read an article while they're taking a break from yeah. their work at their office. Yeah, so we can put that in maybe this coming week's <clears throat> newsletter, email newsletter to read that for a refresher and testing. Um, so that'll kind of wrap up the week. And then next week uh, would go into a, a recovery week. Mm-hmm. And that may look different for other people, but we have in the program like Monday through Friday probably do very little writing. Um, if you've been super consistent for the last several weeks to months, taking two, three, four days completely off isn't a horrible idea. Mm-hmm. Just a reset. Um, if you can't stand taking time off, you can just do like some really easy spins. Hopefully the weather's improving wherever you are. Listening to this, maybe you can get outside and get fresh yeah, air. Or maybe you go Nordic skiing one day or True, yeah, skiing do a little one day. Or you know, go for a hike. Or... Sometimes recovery weeks are a really good chance to connect with friends that that aren't into cycling, but you would like to go skiing with yeah. them and remind them that you have more to your life than bike riding. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so go do something. A go do different. something else. It's a little different, but, you know, hike or move your body still, but exactly. not just sitting on your bike. Exactly. So this coming weekend, after our last anaerobic power session, testing, you can definitely get in a ride or two if the weather's good, you know, this, this next weekend. Um before your little mini break um, recovery week um, and then when we come back from that not to get too far ahead of ourselves but now we'd be into March um, that's when we transition into the race prep right mode and that's what we'll talk about kind of for the remainder of this program um, what about in the gym we have basically one more sort of heavy day um, yeah in the second session of the of week 27 in the gym we're supposed to do um, just, find new one rep maxes but I think mm. it's actually to interrupt the oh. first oh is it the first day oh, yeah we because should. we back I think I programmed it where Wednesday's like no lift or just go real oh, easy my bad um, um, so yeah, you're ready I'm just for not the test. sure because yeah you, well I've already talked many times about how this makes me nervous so we might we might just encourage like um, like a heavy two or three rep lift and then we'll we'll extrapolate some data from that to make a one rep um because i yeah everyone's it's like this whole culmination of being tired i just don't want anything to go wrong oh yeah it's not worth it pushing yourself to one rep max pr and potentially tweak something or whatever it's just not worth it yeah we're literally just getting into like the very early phases of our coming race season so it's just tricky because, like, especially the We Debo kids, like, they're like, yeah, they I want to see, go, yeah, go, they want to, yeah. yeah, but one of the kids wasn't paying attention on one of the back squats and kind of got forward and almost had a situation, and it, he's fine, but it just made me feel like, eh, maybe we won't do this next week. Yeah, I would recommend not. I'm not yeah. going to try I'm not either. Right so. I, I mean, I'll lift one more heavy day, but, um, and call it good. Yeah, so maybe on our second session, we'll, then we'll just do some extra core work. And yeah, just kind of have like a cool core session and with the extra mobility at the end. Yeah, yeah. So everyone's a little different. So if you feel like you've made some significant gains in the gym, you can and you feel fresh enough to do attempt a one rep max or a two rep max or whatever, you can definitely go for mm-hmm. it. That's, I mean, that's, it is in the program. Um, but that said, if you, things are going <clears throat> really great and you're feeling really good, that's how I feel. Like my bike fitness feels amazing right now. And I'm really still a few weeks away from racing and about seven weeks away from my A race. Um, I don't want to put anything in jeopardy and risk anything just so I can lift 10 more pounds or whatever. It's not worth it. So um, 
that's why I won't be do it, but won't be doing that. But um, that can be yeah, up to the individual for sure. to decide. Um, yeah, and then that will. So next week we'll, like I just said, wrap up uh, base builder twenty twenty. And um, if you haven't gotten your base building going yet or very well, um, there's still time. Depending on when your a race is, if it's not till later in the summer, you still got plenty of time. Um, check out our stock base builder plans available on Training Peaks. I'll put a link in the show notes. We have a really nice 12-week one that's very condensed that yep. you can whip through, you know, in 12 weeks and, um, you know, still be in very good shape for the all of summer. Yeah. Um, so something to consider. And the stock base builder plans will be good for any cycling discipline. Correct. And triathlon. Right, exactly. So base builder and base training in general is very general, to use the word twice, um, in terms of the preparations, meaning mm-hmm. it's applicable to any and all cyclists. In fact, I got an email question earlier um, this week about, you know, you know, why does it say your base builder plans are for like all cyclists where he's seen other plans somewhere. I think he mentioned Zwift or something where they'll have like a mountain bike specific base plan and a road bike specific base plan. And Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I, mean, I kind of get it, but it's like really the general bike fitness is the same, whether you're racing triathlon, road bike, mountain bike, gravel, whatever – you're building strength in the gym, you're building aerobic fitness, which could be built even off the bike, like skiing or something, um, and gradually building up some intensity, but it's all in order to get you ready for your race-specific training, and that's what race prep is all about. Yeah. Um, so that's a great segue, actually, into the main topic. Well, before you segue, though, yeah. I will just mention that we offer a 25% discount code for our podcast listeners, and it's in all caps, base builder, and the number 25. Yeah, and that's good for all our plans. And we have triathlon um, versions as well as the cycling versions. Um, so, yeah, get in, in in on that for sure. All right, so race prep training. Yeah, so I basically already put the nutshell out there where, you know, base building, base training, our base builder, whatever you want to call it, is that general fitness. Mm -hmm. Race prep, what we call race prep, or what others might call build, or I don't know what else they might call it, is where the specific fitness to your event occurs. So right now, as we're wrapping up Base Builder in in class and in our remote program, we have triathletes of all distances training with us. We have recreational cyclists that don't even race, but they just want to be fit for riding. We have mountain bikers, road bikers, gravel racers, you know, we have a whole plethora of athletes training following this base builder program. And now when this ends, it is going to, it is the time to, for each one of those individual athletes to then get specific to their event with their Mm -hmm. training. Um, Because in very simple forms, it's obvious that someone training for criteriums needs to train differently at this point in the season than someone training for Dirty Kanza, right? Mm -hmm. A 200 uh, mile race versus a, you know, 60 minute race, <laughs> very different demands. And so this is the time of the year where it shifts. Um, when we go from the base training to that build or what we call race prep. Um, so the way we do it is in, in most cases is we base builder has built from low intensity to high intensity, very progressively. Mm-hmm. So it was all that aerobic training back at the beginning then we kind of worked our way up through the high intensity chain, you know, anaerobic threshold, aerobic threshold, and anaerobic threshold, VO2, 
Now we're into anaerobic power, wrapping things up. And then the very top end is uh, sprint training or peak power training. And we'll touch on that just a smidge in our program in-house um, coming back from the break that's coming up. And that's the top of the ladder of energy system chain, I like yeah. to call it. When we get to race prep, the way I program it is now you start coming down in that reverse order. So you've topped out at anaerobic power or peak power. And then you're going to come back down. If you went to peak power, you'll come back down to anaerobic power. Then you'll come back down to VO2. Then you'll come back down to anaerobic thresholds. So intervals now are getting longer, less powerful, but longer. And then at the same time, as intensity lowers, you have the ability to up your volume. So volume is super key for any race, any endurance race, but especially as we get into events that are like an hour and a half or longer. You need more of that aerobic volume, and then it also plays out really well with the seasons too, because now we're into spring and eventually summer, and you know we can have more daylight hours and great, better riding conditions, um, and so it's like accumulating those miles. So simultaneously, as we lower intensity, we can expand the volume or the distance, duration, endurance of a rider as well. So yeah, we, whereas like right now, I, I don't feel like I've even been on my bike many hours each week. Right. Because this last month has been so intense. So intense. Yeah. I don't have any more effort left in me. Right. Nor should you. And and any if you were to do some long rides, it would potentially compromise your ability to go hard for short durations. Right. So it's all periodized purposely, purposefully to accommodate that kind of changes in the, yeah. the focus. So when we switch over to race prep, initially we'll still be at the high end coming down, but it'll be a few weeks of still some high intensity training. But as that intensity each week kind of comes down, the long rides or the total volume can start going up. And then that's going to be in relation to the individual rider's event demands, whatever their A race is. Mm -hmm. Again, going back to if someone's training for an hour long crit versus someone training for a six hour fondo, it's going to be different. They're going to have to back down kind of longer and further to build that endurance to do the fondo or the endurance event. Whereas the crit racer within a couple of weeks really will be ready to race. And then crit racers in general tend to race a lot more frequently than say... Yeah, it's almost like they're racing as they're training. Yeah, exactly. And I'll touch on that a little bit too coming up. But um, but the, the in a nutshell, it's basically the long duration events have longer race prep periods because you have to back down those energy systems, lower the intensity and up the volume mm -hmm. over a longer duration to prepare for whatever, however many hours your event is. Um, so we call this, you know, we train in like blocks. So mm -hmm. it's basically block training could kind of be called also reverse periodization. Although first within the base training, we did more of a linear periodization going from low to high linear, linearly. And now we're going to come back down from high to low if you're training for a multi-hour event. So it is sort of in a way like reverse order, reverse periodization to okay. some degree. But it's still linear in the progression down because you'll move through the high intensity energy systems um, backwards. And then the short one, the short duration events, so like XEO, like short cross-country mountain bike racing, crit racing, um, will come down much more uh, at the same speed, but they'll reach their A race fitness much earlier. So a crit, 
you know, energy system demands is heavily on VO2 max power, to some degree anaerobic power for the the attacks and whatnot. And then there's still some a pretty heavy demand on um, anaerobic threshold or threshold level riding as well. So it's only going to come down from, say, peak power to anaerobic power, VO2 and anaerobic threshold, and then you're ready to, you're ready to race. And that could be as short as six weeks to like a peak race. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas someone training for Leadville or a many hour long race needs to come down through all those plus keep going through more anaerobic threshold training, aerobic threshold training, and just plain endurance all day riding, right. climbing right. training. So that tacks on another four to six weeks making their race prep build more like 10 to 12 weeks long compared to the crit racer or short cross country racer. Yeah. Six weeks. That kind of makes sense. It does, but okay. I'm thinking about our spring uh, schedule coming up, and we have uh, like we have an ec- more like a cross country style with Sea Otter Classic in April, mm-hmm. and then it's like the week after the two weeks later we have a 50 mile race in Prescott, the Whiskey 50. Right. So how are you going to structure our training? Which one are you more focusing on? I guess me personally, or for or, or for you, or for me. Well. Yeah, so I think for us, we're focused more on the Whiskey 50 Marathon race. Okay. Um, and then half of our we development teams focus more on Sea Otter, which is the shorter cross-country. Although it's not a short cross-country. No, it's, it's not. Still it's a, a little longer 40 one. to two hours, depending on the person. Um, and, and then the other half of our we development is also focused on Whiskey 50. So... Um, we have a kind of a mixed bag. So that's okay. where, that's where, I mean, race prep, where base builder, you can coach or train an entire group together very easily because we're all training for the same goal, which is to establish base fitness. Mm-hmm. When we get into race prep, the goal now is your race and your race is different than that person's race and that, right. you know, everyone's different. So it becomes more complicated. That's why we can't really have an effective, you know, group race prep program yeah although that being said dot 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 we are offering for those in our base builder program in-house and remote we do include the next eight weeks of training coming off of the recovery week that is designed around this race prep concept right it's more like a general race prep yeah Yeah. it's very just to show people what it could be like right so if some people are preparing for crits and those are going to start here in colorado in the next few weeks um, following our provided, you know, kind of bonus race prep in the, in what they purchased may or may not work perfectly for them. It actually will work pretty well, to be honest. But, um, and then someone who's training for like Leadville, which is many weeks out, mm-hmm. obviously that it's only eight weeks that we included, but then get a taste of what to do. And that's why I tell a lot of people like pick an early season race to peak for, you know, in May or so, and then recover and then do your Leadville build. Yeah. Um, in that example. Well, I've, you've been spending a lot of time on the, the couch in the front room updating all of our Weed Evo athletes' um, training yeah. peaks plans because everyone is different. You right. know? Some of the kids are going to Whiskey 50, some of the kids are not, some of the kids are going to Sea Otter, some of them are not. Right, yeah, yeah. So what was once fairly simple, coaching a large group of people through the winter, is now, now is when it gets more complicated yeah. and individualized. So. Um, yeah, so our race prep plans, we do offer um, stock plans that um, can address any and all kinds of bike racing and riding. Um, and it's all how to choose your race prep plan is dependent on three main things. The style of riding or racing you do, 
the energy demand of the event that you're targeting, and then also along with that, the duration of the event. So riding style is like, are you a road bike rider? Are you a mountain bike rider? Gravel, cyclocross, mm-hmm. um, you know, that, that narrows you down um, in the search to one level. <laughs> yep. Um, because obviously a mountain bike racer needs to train differently than a road bike racer. And, mm-hmm. a, you know, cyclocross needs to train different than a gravel racer. Um, and then the second, yeah, energy system demand concept is based on, you know, is is the event you're training for, you know, short, high-intensity, repeated anaerobic efforts like cyclocross or criterium racing or short XCO cross-country racing? Or is it a medium distance event um, that, you know, has like those medium high, a lot of threshold, anaerobic threshold and some VO2, but also has some endurance element to it? Or is it a really long ultra event, right? Where when you're racing Leadville or Dirty Kansas or any number of gravel races, you're no one's going particularly powerfully or fast per se. Mm-hmm. Um, same with like triathlon, you know, an Olympic distance triathlon, you're hoofing it the entire time like you you're going fast where you're doing a half iron man and definitely an iron man no one is going fast at that point i mean even the elites if you look at how fast they're running yes it's fast amongst the other elite triathletes <laughs> yeah but in the running world it's, it's not, not fast, particularly yeah. fast yeah um so that energy s- system demand it needs to be taken into account on the race uh prep duration coming down that energy system chain we just talked about and then lastly and they kind of tie together is the duration of your event because the duration of your event really dictates the energy system demand so a one to two hour event um so criteriums like i already said cross country race cycle cross mm-hmm. is one you know three to six hours is that medium distance you know uh, road racing shorter gravel events um fondos things like that and then there's like the seven plus hour duration of yeah. ultra stuff. Um, so once you kind of narrow those three things down, then you can kind of choose the race prep plans that we have that come in. Um, what are they? Eight, 10 and 12 week durations. Um, and that in the last two weeks of each of those is like the tapering and mm-hmm. race actual race preparation block of yeah tapering and kind of peaking and you have low volume and high volume for these yes. race prep plans yep and there's low and high volume versions with the low volume uh weekly average is um i should have included this it's a good question but around like seven to ten hours a yep. week um high volume is more like 10 to 15 hours a week um, and both of those are adjustable up and down based on the user you can go in and easily add more aerobic riding um, to rides or additional easy rides and things like that. But um, there are those options. Um, You know, as I'm listening to you talk about this, (laughs) I'm thinking about uh, one of our in-house athletes, Ruben, asking me, sort of teasingly asking me, um, do you ask questions to Cody out of ignorance (laughs) or to prompt him to answer, and I said, "Well, you'll never know, Ruben. You'll never know." <laughs> but in this situation, Ruben, I will tell you that um, Cody's the one that just has like a really good like vision, or like he sees the big picture of what someone needs to prepare for a race. And I, I really don't like. I get kind of overwhelmed by it. And it's really nice that you can just you're my coach, and you'll just plug in. Mm. Like you know what I'm doing, obviously. Right. You know which races I'm prepping for, and you see it really very clearly and you'll plug in what I need to do and I can just like oh, sigh 
and just rest assured that what I'm doing that week is is the best thing for me to do. Right. Um, and so, yeah, you don't have to like know. Just buy a plan, hire a coach. Uh, you can get a stock plan or. Cody, you, I know you do custom plans for people. You've been getting some more requests for that. So yeah. Um, yeah, it's not everyone's like cup of tea to like see the big picture and it can feel very overwhelming. It can, it can. And which is funny because I think of this as actually extremely simple. Yeah, but you see it clearly. Right. Yeah, you see it very clearly. And that's why you're good at what you do. Right. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, but yeah, I think of this as actually quite simple and many, Athletes and coaches tend to overcomplicate things, I think. Um, but if you think about it, it's like I have a small handful of training plans that are even specifically designed for specific races that will accommodate like most people. And so yeah. it's you don't have to make these things overly complicated. Um, and simple is better. I mean, the old yeah. ad, the kiss concept, keep it simple, stupid. It's like, don't overthink things and make things more demanding. I mean, a lot of the intensity structured workouts we do in race prep are very similar to what we did in base builder. The difference is it's like, you'll go through and you'll be like, oh, we did a workout very similar, if not the same as this in base builder. But now the difference is you're more fit. So you can either do more power output for mm-hmm. the given interval or you can do more repetitions at the same power output, or you can do the interval set, recover, and maybe do a second of the same interval set, True. or do some extra aerobic climbing to get ready for a climbing event or whatever. Mm-hmm. So um, you don't have to like recreate the wheel and come up with these like magical workouts. And <laughs> you know, there's companies out there um that have like this massive library of workouts and they're so detailed and like you can't even remember what they are and you know so complicated and there's a purpose they create all this stuff to sell it and make it seem different but when it comes down to it you know there's only like a couple ways to really like skin the cat of fitness and you can make minor detail changes to make things like different and interesting so you feel like you're getting your money's worth, but really there's like the standard interval progressions um, that work. And yeah, but what I'm t- saying is that I appreciate that you know where to plug those work that order in because I do agree with you that don't overcomplicate it. Like do like the basic two minute intervals, the 15 second, 30 second, like, and you and I have figured out where we go outside to do those in the good weather days. Right. But there's still a, a good chunk of, of options from which to choose for a workout. And I yeah. appreciate that you plug them in in the right order so that I feel like I'm doing what I need to do to prep for that right. event. Right, And it's all about progression. I've used that word over and over and over. It's I'm a massive fan of just being progressive with one's training. And whether you're building up or you're coming down to peak, you know, being progressive with it makes yeah. the most sense. Um, yeah. Um, so what else about the, the race plans? Well, I mean, I'll touch on briefly upcoming, if you are following our base builder program that includes this first bit of race prep, the way we're going to kind of back things out is um, the first week when we come back, we're going to do some peak power. So that's the sprint intervals. Oh, Deb's People love be these. so excited. Oh, everyone loves these workouts um, because you, one, you get to see really high numbers. They're really not hard workouts they're, and they're fun. And they're very, like, competitive within the group. Yeah, they're really fun in a group setting. Yeah, so peak power. And we're just going to do that once. And then we'll come down to anaerobic power. 
So instead of doing the exact same anaerobic power workouts we're doing now, we will change it up slightly because now we're more fit and mm -hmm. capable of maybe a bit more. So what we're going to do is um, we're going to spend three, because we're only going to do one workout a week in our program in the gym. And then there'll be an optional second workout where you repeat that first workout that people can do on their own. But it also depends on if you're starting to race or not. And if you're following the plan, it's explained how to do that. So some people might only be doing one structured workout a week and then a race. Others might be doing one and then repeating it a second time. Got it. Okay. So for three weeks, we'll do anaerobic power. And instead of doing our one-minute power target, two-minute power target, and four-minute power target that we're doing now, we're going to spend the first week doing multiple sets of the one-minute power target. Oh, okay. So those really hard, yeah. high-intensity oh, ones. Gosh. Yeah. We'll do a set, then recover a little bit, and then do another set of All the right. same things, recover a little bit, do another set. Um, and then that the week after that, we'll go to the 30-second and our two-minute power sets and do a few sets of those. And then the third week, we'll do those longer, a little more manageable um, yeah, four-minute power. Yeah, for that, that is minute. mixing it up. Yeah, so again, it, but it's very progressive, right? Because we'll go from 10-second sprints to 15-second at one-minute power, super hard efforts. Then the next week, 30 seconds at two-minute power effort, then minutes at four-minute power effort the week after. Then we'll transition to VO2. And his, what we've done in, in Base Builder is VO2. We focused on our eight-minute power and our 16-minute power and did two sets of intervals, kind of addressing both ends of VO2. Now we'll spend one workout doing a lot of um, eight-minute power. So instead so of the doing two-minute intervals, yeah, instead of doing four by two minutes, we'll probably do eight times two minutes. Yep. You know, make it because now we're more fit, we're capable to handle that. We do that. Okay. And the next week we'll do the four-minute at sixty-minute power intervals, and we'll probably do like um, instead of four of those, we'll probably do probably do two sets of four. Yeah. Of those. Yeah. Um, that's gonna be a tough one. That'll be a super tough one. And then we'll come back the second to last week. We'll be um, then dropping down again to the 32-minute power, which is the top end of our anaerobic threshold. Those are the eight-minute mm -hmm. intervals with short rests. Um, and we'll probably just do that for the sake of time. We'll just probably do four times eight minutes. Oh, that was very challenging. Yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe we'll have, be able to add a fifth one possibly okay. just to up it because, again, we're more fit now. We're getting more closer to race season. And then the eighth week, we'll test again following our program to kind of see our maximum progress. And then it's like off into summer, hopefully. <laughs> it'll still be spring, but hopefully it'll feel like summer by then. And into fall. Unless we get schedule. one of our May snow, snowstorms. Right. Which <laughs> will probably happen. But So you get an idea with that example of like how we come down each week. We'll get like the intervals will get, they'll start out super powerful at the top. And then they'll gradually get longer but less powerful. But not necessarily any less demanding, because yeah, because every time you describe the workout, right. it's like, oh, that one was hard. Oh, They're still that very one was demanding, hard. <laughs> right? But it's progressive in how the intervals get longer, but the intensity is coming down, mm -hmm. and then simultaneously, you're either racing on the weekend, and or getting in some long rides, whether it be Friday, Saturday, and or Sunday. Mm -hmm. You know, stretching out, gradually increasing um, your endurance towards whatever it is you're racing for. Yeah, and I'll just say again that if you're some if someone's out there listening that is not necessarily gearing up for a race, but like they just want to stay fit on their with their cycling fitness, and they don't know what to do, that buying a race prep plan could still just like add fun for it, like you know to keep the variety going. Yeah, and, and yeah. 
yeah, just to keep it interesting and fun. And okay, what, and what does you, Coach Cody want me to do this week? Yeah, it gives you something to plan on doing each week mm-hmm. that's structured, that keeps me a little more engaged. Um, and also, one last piece we can kind of leave it with is like this high intensity training. Even though it might only be now once or twice a week, once we get into race prep, is so key as we are aging athletes uh, to maintaining our youthfulness, you know, our ability to produce lots of power. Um, yeah, agreed. Because so many people, especially recreational athletes, racers are usually better, but not always, tend to like the weather gets better. Like they're really good about doing structure indoors mm-hmm. in the winter because they're on a trainer and tr- structure is always better indoors rather than just pedaling along easily. But then when the weather gets better and they get into like the season of cycling, they tend to go outside more, which is great. But then it's always like one pace that they're riding, yeah. right? And yeah. they get good at maybe riding for long distances, but they're not mixing up the pace to stimulate all the different energy systems. And it's like you gain that endurance fitness, but you're losing all that other fitness that yeah. you built up maybe through the structure training of whatever you did. So keeping some structure at least once, if not twice a week, um, it's obvious as a racer, but even for the non-racers, Fondo riders, things like that, it's like keep that intensity in there. It's mm-hmm. going to essentially keep you younger. You know, you won't, you'll keep those fast twitch fibers alive and functioning and firing. And it's hope, a good, really good point. Yeah, hopefully your body feeling good and yeah, that sort of thing. Same thing along with strength training. Same thing. We'll have a whole separate podcast topic on strength maintenance in about three weeks or so. Um, but same exact concept, like hopefully you've strength trained all winter so many cyclists like stop in the race season and it drives me nuts because you lose it all and you go back to zero a mm-hmm. couple months in and all this work you did was more or less for not and i'm just like banging my fist into my forehead <laughs> of like what why how does this make sense to anybody so strength maintenance is also key along those same lines yeah we'll, we'll talk about that. that yeah it's really important um cool i think this hopefully was helpful um Please do, if you have questions on any of this, whether it be how to do your own uh, race prep kind of training or about specifically about our training plans, please send them to us. We also have, like Kathy mentioned, our custom plans that uh, I've been getting a lot of emails and calls about getting started because, again, base builder is very general and mm-hmm. effective. But then when you start getting closer to race season and, and then also adding in races, which we didn't talk about but we can in the next podcast – into one schedule yeah, like it can be tricky the c races and the b races the less important but still fun races they contribute to your training that complicates things a bit more too so that's why moving forward in the final eight weeks kind of our bonus with this program is there's suggestions on the plan of like if you're racing do this if you're not racing do this and hmm. um okay. so it's, it becomes difficult to coach uh, a group or just sort of stock so that's why the custom plans are so popular. Um, so you can check those out on our website too. And I'll have links in the show notes. Um, but yeah, send me questions. I love answering them. I don't mind giving away free pearls of wisdom and advice. <laughs> um, I actually enjoy it. It gives me something to do in the morning while I drink my coffee. And then um, I'm getting excited to race. How about you? Yeah, I am. Um, I'm really glad that I kind of dusted off the cobwebs a little bit this week. Yeah, um, blew out the pipes. Oh my gosh, yeah. Because I don't, I think I, uh, I can't even imagine like racing in the Cactus Cup in a few weeks without having done some of these high intensity interval sessions. Oh yeah. I, oh my God, I think I would just like freak out in the race like, oh, well, that it hurts would, too bad. Yeah, it would hurt more. And then that's when you get the like 
uh, smoker's cough afterwards, yeah. which will probably happen in oh, happen especially anyway, but... for you. The group rides help blow that out a little bit, but but even after the first race, usually traditionally every year, it's like, yeah, I'm coughing the rest of the day. And yeah, yeah, it was good. So um, I am looking forward to racing. I'm looking forward to going to Arizona, which is a state I love. Um, and I'm looking forward to riding outside this weekend. Yeah, Yay. I am too. Get, get a couple good, good solid rides in. So we'll close it out with, uh, if you like what you're listening to, subscribe to our um, show on um, iTunes. It's also available on Google Podcasts if you're not an Apple person. Um, if you are an Apple person, we'd love for you to rate and review our please, show. Please, please do. Uh, it helps our rankings and for people to find us. So hopefully it's a five-star rating. You know, if it's not, let us know how we can improve. Um, and then uh, if you have the time to leave a little review, that's always helpful too. So uh, the more, the merrier, the, the better things work um, and the searching and all that. So, And one more plug for our Share the Love Donation Month. We'd really appreciate um, the support for the team. And thanks again to those like Wes Hayes who have already sent money in. And we will be sending you your swag soon. Yes. Yeah, we've had several generous donors and we'd love to get some more. Because um, race season's coming up, got to get these yep. kids to more races. The parents will thank you. Just <laughs> they are thanking you if you won't hear the thanks from them personally. Right, right. So. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening. Um, I hope you get outside to ride this weekend wherever you are. Hopefully, it'll be nice. Yep. And we'll be back talking to you again next week. Yeah. Take care. All right. Take care.